Hey everybody, this is Ruben, and you're listening to Amazing Stories. Hollow like a seashell swept onto the shore. Hollow like a story waiting to unfold. Harlem by Lucy Catherine. Wokeness Day. The lake is bone dry, entirely evaporated. What remains is a hollow depression in the landscape, cracked, dusty, barren. Does the soil remember another time when fish swam above it among the weeds it sustained? All the fish are fertilizer now. Except one, it seems. A tiny puddle persists at the very center of the lake, the last fish alive, flapping helplessly in filthy liquid. I stoop down cup it gently in my hands, lift it up close to my face and gaze into the pinhole of its tiny black eye. Mouth open. Mouth closed. Mouth open. Are you listening? A talking fish. The only surprise is that I'm not remotely surprised. Are you listening, Daniel? Nobody calls me Daniel. This is really quite beautiful, isn't it? The end should be beautiful. The end of what? We're all just dying, aren't we? When you think about it. Oh, there's no need to cry. What else can we do? It's hopeless. I am drowning in the air. I don't want to lose you. Let me throw you back. It will make no difference. You cannot save me. There is no hope whatsoever. Bleak assessment. You should meet my dad. No hope. Yet, somehow, it persists. Does it? Catch your breath and look deep inside. You will find a tiny spark in there somewhere. What are we hoping for? Things just get worse. The lake is nearly gone. Hope remains, so long as the heart is beating. If I could have saved you, I would have. I know, Daniel. That is why you are special. Come closer. Let me whisper in your ear. Incredibly slowly, as if I'm moving underwater... I lean my ear towards the fish's mouth. Daniel Goldman, come on, up you get. The dream evaporates faster than the last drops of water in the lake. A rude awakening in a police cell is not how my Wednesday was meant to begin. Put your shoes on, you can go. I need sleep. We need the cell. This is police brutality. Feel free to lodge a complaint. I was in the middle of a dream. Someone was about to tell me something. It was probably extremely important. Who was it? It was a fish, if you must know. Get moving. Uh, Where's my phone? Collect it at the desk with the rest of your personal belongings on the way out. You do realise I've lost my job because of this farce. You were warned to stay away. All we were doing was standing by a fence. In a highly sensitive location. I should have been on a night shift. 
Failure to appear without good reason is called gross misconduct. You don't come back from that. Don't give up. You never know. I'm free to go, right? Correct. Well, could you move out of the way then, please? Listen, Daniel. No one calls me Daniel. Try to stay out of harm's way, all right? As I push past to get out of the door, she pats me on the arm in a way that I suppose is meant to reassure. Um, what are you doing? Nothing. You patted me. You've got a vivid imagination. That could be interpreted as assault. I'm not the enemy. Look after yourself. Dawn is breaking. The sky a dark shade of purple, like an ugly bruise. It's a colour you never used to see, but it's become quite common on clear mornings since the Iberian wildfires reached their peak in late September. Something to do with the ash cloud and prevailing winds. I'm still not used to it. It's the kind of sky you might see in a fantasy animation of some alien planet. I stop for a moment outside the police station and look up. I know that red sky in the morning is a shepherd's warning. How would they interpret a purple sky, I wonder? Are there still shepherds? Surely it's a profession that's fully automated by now. Purple sky in the morning, shepherds... My hands instinctively go right down into my pockets. That's what I always do when I'm deep in thought. Shepherds, CPU malfunctioning? Stop. A piece of paper. That wasn't there before. I had to empty them out when they booked me in. A brief handwritten note. Meet me, Jaggers, 10am. Jaggers is a small, family-run coffee shop on the main road back into the centre from the police station. I've passed it hundreds of times but never been inside. I soon realise why. The menus aren't even digitised. There's no app. You still go up to the counter to order. No one wants to hear the news. It's always bad. Do they? Uh, what? Just hurry up and order, will you? There's a queue. Um, Americano with milk and a slice of that pizza. Hmm. Pizza for breakfast. Is that a cry for help? The custody sergeant in the queue behind me. You put that note in my pocket. What note? Anything else? Double shot espresso. I'll get these. It's your lucky day, mate. I wouldn't say that. I told you the way you eat is revolting. I've been locked up for eight hours. No one's even offered me a biscuit, so, yeah, I'm not feeling at my most sophisticated. There's cheese all down your chin. So, arrest me. Been there, done that. So what is this? Why the cryptic note? Jaggers at ten. Hardly cryptic. You could have just asked. All conversations at the station are recorded. I'd like to ask a few questions discreetly. Such as? How did you get hold of Sarah's phone? It's my phone and they refuse to return it. I'll be speaking to a lawyer about that. Probably. It's Sarah's phone, so it's relevant to the investigation into her disappearance. You said she was dead. That's unofficial. Her body's never been found. She's still listed as missing. We both know she's not coming back. Don't you want to find out what happened to her? Of course I do. Why don't you do your job and come up with some answers? There was a whole team on it at one time, but no progress, so it's been scaled back. Now it's basically just one guy on the brink of retirement sitting on the file. He looks after all the cold cases. When he eventually realises new evidence has come to light, he might want to talk to you about the phone. If he calls, I'll tell him all about it. Don't. What? Don't talk to him. Talk to me. Now. No one else cares. 
Why not? She was a fellow officer, one of your own. There are things that make it easy for them to jump to conclusions. She had some personal problems before she went missing. What kind of problems? She wasn't in a good place. She was off work for some time. She was a bit depressed, so they conclude she took her own life? She wasn't suicidal. I can tell you that now. I know. Good detectives keep an open mind. Sounds like your colleagues don't have a clue. Why aren't you on the investigation? Did she ever mention a woman called Jess Clark to you? No. She was a teacher and a historian. We were searching her house the day Sarah disappeared. She was part of a group called the Order of Melangeth, researching the origins of Harland and its development. A complete obsessive. We found thousands of documents about it in her study. This is the woman who hanged herself from the crane. Sarah knew something about her that she wanted to keep from me. I've been trying to find out what it was ever since, but I've got nowhere. And they're both dead, so we'll never know. It's hopeless. I can't give up. I can't let it go. I've been demoted, lost friends. I've become the obsessive. You got demoted for trying to do your job? Yes. All cops are bastards. Not Sarah. Have you had the phone this whole time? <laughs> Lindsay was there at the sinkhole that day. She picked it up, and for some reason she gave it to me. Uh, but it's useless, impossible to get into. The biosecurity is too good. It's all connected in some way. I just can't see how. What's connected exactly? All of it. Jess Clark taught the girl who went missing, Evie Bennett, the one you found in the witch elm. Did you know that? She knew Evie was in danger. She warned her. Before she died, she sent the same warning to Sarah. What sort of warning? A weird sort of poem. Uh, hair, hair, God send thee care. If I could have saved you, I would have. I know, Daniel. That is why you are special. Come closer. Let me whisper in your ear. Incredibly slowly, as if I'm moving underwater, I lean my ear towards the fish's mouth. Dan? Dan? Are you all right? I've got to go. You haven't finished your pizza? I've always known there was another world. When I was a kid, I would lie in bed and listen to the whispering in the walls. I could never make out what was being said, but I knew those voices were echoing across from another reality. When I worked security at the mall, monitoring the CCTV overnight, I could feel the energy rippling along in front of the shuttered shop fronts. The place was alive, even when it was empty and dark. I'm sensitive to it, I suppose, tuned to that frequency. But I was always an observer. I liked it that way. That's why I chose the Watcher handle for my Enchanter's Law character. Something has changed. I am no longer on the periphery. The voices talk directly to me. Lita. Tell me about the Order of Melangeth. The Order of Melangeth was an historical research group established by Darius Fordingbridge in the early 2020s. The group was dedicated to further understanding the settlement of Hairland, which was situated where the modern town of Harland is now located. The Order was disbanded following the suicide of one of its members, Jessica Clark. Is there nothing else about it? They never published anything? Advertised a meeting? No other references detected. You can view one image. Show me. Loading the symbol of the Order of Melangeth. 
The image fills my phone screen. The symbol shows an elongated hair leaping over a sliver of moon. Below it, the letter M in an odd, medieval-looking font. Bob, I can explain. Don't waste your breath. I'm sorry I didn't show. There was a situation beyond my control, a, a misunderstanding with some police officers. I expect you think I'm calling to say you should never bother coming in again. That did cross my mind. I spoke to Mr Fordingbridge and asked permission to do exactly that. That is the measure of how much I hate you. It's understandable. Don't beat yourself up about it. He insists you be given until Friday to redeem yourself, as per his very generous offer. Make sure you're in tonight. Don't be late. That would really upset me. Oh, uh, I've got another caller, Bob. I'm going to have to hang up. I-, I won't let you down again. Don't worry. Hello? Dan? Are they letting you out? Soon. Where are you? In town. Meet me at the mall. I'll message when I'm near. We need to discuss strategy. Uh, what do you mean? The authorities have made it very clear that they don't want us to gain access to the exclusion zone. We have to find a way around their defences. I'm not sure it's a good idea. Nothing worthwhile is ever easy. Are you with me? Or are you going to continue to live the life of an ineffectual coward? Living the life of an ineffectual coward does have a certain appeal. See you at the mall. Friday is Halloween. Every other house I pass on the way to the mall has some garish plastic tat decorated with pumpkins or cartoon skeletons hanging in the front windows. It makes me feel sad. It reminds me of my mum somehow. She used to hate it. People just follow the crowd. They do things just because everyone else is doing them without the faintest insight as to why. When I get to the mall, there's no sign of Lindsay. To kill time, I wander repeatedly around the outside of the building glimpsing the witch elm through the glass of the revolving entrance doors each time I complete another orbit. The witch elm has adapted well to life in the microclimate inside the mall, under the glass-domed roof. An AI controls the supply of water and nutrients to its roots, so Harlan's most ancient resident stays in peak condition. It's hundreds of years older than any other tree in town, but looks far more vibrant than the wilted and dust-spattered specimens on the outside. Dan, there you are. Where have you been? Ah, the wheels of injustice turn slowly. Have they charged you? Final warning. You can't go back to the sinkhole. We both felt something. There was a force at work. Yes, the Harlan police force. Do you have an alternative suggestion? Have you ever heard of a woman called Jessica Clark? No. Who is she? Oh, she was a teacher at Harlan High. She taught Evie Bennett. Does she know where Evie is? She died last year. Suicide at the sinkhole. <sighs> there you have it. We have got to get into the exclusion zone. Well, it's obviously monitored. The police were there in minutes. Which is why we need a strategy. There is another possibility. What's that? I play this game right. It's called Enchanter's Law. It's like an immersive fantasy world. Kind of medieval, but with better weapons. Will you be arriving at the point at any point? Right. I, I was playing it yesterday, and I found myself somewhere I didn't know existed in that world. It might be significant. It was Hurley Road. Loading. Enchanter's Law. Are you in the game now? I will be once it's loaded. You'll notice me staring into the middle distance and my eyes will be twitching with rapid infinitesimal movements. Can I still talk to you? I I don't want to put you off. It's fine. I'm used to it. play at work all the time. Boss has no idea. I spend half my life straddling two different worlds. Loading complete. All right. Here goes. The Valley of the Ferns. 
the Abbey of St. Carsten nestled by the river, my faithful horse by my side. It feels like I'm standing in the exact spot I was in last time I logged on, but there is no trace of the abandoned village or the rusted sign for Hurley Road. I can still sense its presence somewhere, rippling through the data. Are you inside the exclusion zone? And by the river. I'll try climbing up the slope again. What are you doing now? Tying my horse to a tree. With your eyes? That's so clever. You know, I said it was okay to talk to me. Yes. I've changed my mind. I'm going to need to concentrate for a bit and see if I can retrace my steps. You want me to shut up? Bingo. (laughs) Everything about this feels like yesterday when I chased the figure up the hill. The steep slope, the thick scrub. This is no guarantee, however. The world of Enchanter's lore is a kaleidoscope. One small twist of the tube and it can transform into a completely new pattern. At the top of the climb, I emerge from the brambles and find myself somewhere completely unfamiliar. You came. I knew you would. Serena of Verlaine, I have been looking for you. Thank you for being here. The last time I saw you, you mentioned a key. In return for your assistance. I will do what I can to help. The key. I don't have it with me. Uh, Let me thank you some other way. Perhaps you can be my guide. Do you know this place well? I would hope so. I was born here a thousand years ago. Is there somewhere you seek? In another time. Another universe. It is a place called the Briarwood Estate. (laughs) We cannot get to that place from here. Let me show you somewhere else instead. Take my hand. At the touch of her hand, we are transported. I knew she must have powers of some kind the first time I met her. We're still on a ridge, but now we look down on a scruffy collection of small round huts, each with a turf roof and a curl of smoke creeping from the chimney stack. In the centre of the village, a large flat stone, roughly crescent-shaped, covered in offerings of fruit, vegetables and the rotting carcass of a slaughtered goat. In the distance, on the edge of the forest, near the spreading boughs of a witch elm, a great number of cowled monks drag logs and branches out from the woodland as they work to build a huge bonfire. Do you know this place? No. Why are the monks building a pyre? It is almost Samhain. The light half of the year will soon become the dark half. The world of the living is at its closest to the world of the dead. The space between them is thinner than a spider's silk. There are some, those with a gift, those chosen by the gods who at this time can travel between the two. The monks are afraid, but for us, this is a time of hope. Can you help me to cross? To the world of the dead. Why would you want to go there? I lost someone. I want to see them again. Who? Her name was Sarah. Four women kneel around the moon-shaped stone, their fingers touching, a whispered chant in unison, accompanied by the sound of a brisk wind whirling around them, whipping up leaves and dust. Just before they are obscured from view, one of them looks up, directly at me. Sarah! In a moment the women are gone, four hairs scatter into the long grass. Is she dead? Are we seeing the land of the dead? There is still hope, as long as the heart is beating. A fish told me that. In a dream. 
We will not survive. That would be too much to hope for. But we must choose not to live and die in vain. We can make the world better for having had us in it. It is Samhain. The boundary between the worlds is at its thinnest. This may be our last chance. To do what? Set her free. If Sarah is in the land of the dead, then tell me how to find her. There is a door between the worlds. If you were to pass through, it will need to be unlocked. And to unlock it, I will need a key. Exactly. If I free your friend from the abbey, will you give it to me? No one can find a way into the place she is held. I will do my utmost. I know you will. That is why you are special and very brave. I'm actually a coward. Or so I've been told. Dan? Dan, are you all right? I, I don't know. What happened? Did you find your way into the exclusion zone? No, but I saw Sarah. Where was she? I only saw her for a moment. But I think she's in the other world. Is that part of the game? No. What, what is it then? I can't explain. How is this helping us to get into the zone or, or find Evie? The, the character I told you about, Serena of Verlaine... There's someone she knows who's locked up somewhere. If I can set her free, she'll tell me more. The whole purpose was to get some concrete information. It sounds like your main focus was reaching the next level. It's connected. I just don't know how. I have to write it all down. Go ahead. You need to step out of the room. Why? No one can know where I keep my journal. If I must... She leaves and closes the door. I quickly move the desk and unscrew the three fixings, slide the panel around and reach into the cavity. Lindsay? Lindsay, get in here! Is everything all right, Dan? What have you done with it? With, with what? The journal's gone! What journal? You were here at the house alone. How did you know it was there? What have you done with it? You sound very paranoid, Dan. I have no idea what you're talking about. I have to clear my head. I have to get to work. Lindsay continues to deny all knowledge. Hire a scooter and try to make sense of it. Take a shortcut through the park in the centre, past the peace pagoda and the withered flower beds surrounding the play area to the shore of the lake. The ranger with the quad bike is in the middle again. This time she's hammering stakes into the parched soil and stringing plastic tape between them to cordon off the last of the waters. I'm drawn to walk across what was once water. Hey, you can't come out here. It's a restricted area. I'm erecting a cordon. I didn't know park rangers did that. We have a wide variety of duties. Fish rescue one day, cordon erection the next. As I was saying, you're not allowed here. What are you cordoning off exactly? Take a look. You can just see it below the surface. Emerging from the stagnant pool of water, slowly being revealed as the water evaporates, a large flat stone, roughly crescent-shaped. What is it? Nobody knows, but it could be something quite special, hence the cordon. Special? There was a team of archaeologists here yesterday. They're planning a dig. That stone might date back thousands of years. Um, all stones date back thousands of years, don't they? Look at the shape. That's not natural. It's sculpted. The lake is artificial. It was created at the same time as the mall and the park and the hospital. I know. Yeah, but that was only 50 years ago. So they must have known about it then. 
found it when they were digging all the soil out. There's no record of that. Well, then how can it be there? I'm only here to cordon it off, not to explain it. Do you want a lift back to the edge? I ride shotgun on the ranger's quad bike across the lunar landscape of the dried-up bed of the lake. Her hair is cropped short and she has the chapped dry lips of someone who spends too long outside in the sun. The skin on her nose and on both cheeks streaked white with zinc cream to ward off the ultraviolet. She stares ahead silently from behind mirrored shades, expertly navigating the bike from the centre. Thanks for the ride. No problem. I should go working tonight. Where to? Oh, uh, night security at Fording Bridge. Although, you know that phrase about getting sacked in the morning? <laughs> that probably is really happening to me. I hope not. Uh, can I ask you a question? Sure. Uh, two questions. Don't get greedy. What's your name? Janice. You don't play Enchanter's Law, do you? What's that? It's an immersive VR game. Never heard of it. Does the name Serena mean anything to you? It's a cool name. I have to finish the cordon. Okay. Nice to meet you. She takes the safety gauntlet off her right hand and holds it out for me to shake. Uh, you too. Um, w would you like to get a drink sometime? When? Uh, maybe tomorrow? Maybe. I don't know your name. Uh, Dan. Dan the man. A.K.A. Dan the ineffectual coward. <laughs> Weird. Bye, Dan. She waves a goodbye and then slips the gauntlet back onto her hand. As she does so, I notice the ring on the index finger of her right hand. Wow, that's really beautiful. It was my sister's. Can I take a look? She holds out her hand for me to see. A silver band with a round piece of blue enamel in the setting. On it, in silver, the elongated hair leaping over the moon. The letter M below in the strange medieval lettering. It is all connected, and now it threatens to encircle me. The floods, the drought, the sinkhole, the order of Milanga, the Serena of Verlaine, Sarah, a missing person, alive perhaps, but unreachable in some other world. I feel my heart beating. I can hear it. Hope remains. Harland is a BBC Audio production for BBC Radio 4. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to join us tomorrow for yet another amazing story.